Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. For today, we are continuing with our series of thematic investing conversations. Joining me here at the table in studio, glad to welcome back Kevin Deneen, a technology and communication services analyst for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Kevin, it's great to be back here at the table with you. Thank you for spending some time with our listeners and their clients. Thanks, Dan. And it is, we are back at the table. We're we're actually back in person. How pre-COVID of us. It's hard to believe, right? So you're joining us today. I know the Chief Investment Office recently released a new tactical U.S. equity-themed select semi. So maybe let's begin with an overarching big-picture look at this theme, providing us some background on this focus. Why now the timing of the launch and the overall opportunity set at the moment? Yeah, it's a good question. So you know, semis have been semis touch our everyday life. There's not a probably an hour that goes by in anybody that's hearing this that hasn't picked up a device or interacted with something that is driven by semiconductors. In fact, if you're listening to this, you're li- it's being exactly. powered by a semiconductor. And semis have significantly outgrown the economy, however you want to measure it, past five years, 10 years, 20 years. But they are cyclical. And what, we, what we've seen in the past is you typically have expansions that run for about three years and you get you know somewhere like 150% growth over those three years. And then you get downturns that last for call it a year and a half and the contraction is you know roughly mid-teens. Um, we're, we think, at the bottom of the cycle. Uh, so far, based on some numbers that we get from uh, an industry trade group, um, from the peak, we're down about 15% in terms of revenue, uh, and that's been over the course of 15 months. So we're, we're just about at the average. The other thing is, um, when we talk about semis, you know, nobody buys a semiconductor comp, a, chip, a, a chip itself. You buy a product that has right. a chip in it. A phone, a car. Exactly. Increasingly a car. A lot of people would tell you a car is a data center on wheels, right. or it will be. Um, so when we think about semis, we think about the end markets. And the three biggest end markets for semiconductors, as much as we're all excited about AI, the three biggest markets for, for semiconductors are smartphones, PCs, and servers. And um, we think all those markets are bottoming. PCs, we think that we're coming off the lows. The market got to about a 250 million run rate, got to about 350 million during COVID. You know, the normalized run rate is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, that's based on the, on what we think is the install base and some sort of reasonable replacement cycle. I'm not going to argue that PCs are really growing. It's a bigger market than it was in terms of the install base pre-COVID. You're probably going to get, you know, decent low to mid single digit growth going forward. Smartphones, uh, smartphones are 16% below where we were in 2021. Uh, we know that the installed base has been growing. So what does that tell you? That there's some pent up demand. There's probably some replacement sales that have to get caught up. And servers are a little bit different. Servers are, are from the most recent peak down by about, you know, 11 or 12 percent or so. And the server market has really three different markets. It's traditional enterprises, it's demand in China, and then it's demand in the cloud service providers. We think uh, U.S. We think enterprise demand is 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 bottoming. Um, we're seeing that across the entire technology supply chain. Um, we think China's probably approaching a bottom in terms of its demand for servers, and uh, servers from the for that go into the big cloud service providers. You know the people who power the cloud 
Um, we think that's going to ex- accelerate. So if we look at the largest three cloud service providers, they generate about $250 billion with a B in revenues. Um, consensus estimates has that reaccelerating, you know, from a mid 20% growth rate, something towards, uh, you know, high 20%. Um, that $250 billion pile of revenues, that largely runs on traditional service. AI, it's important. It's going to grow. It's still a very, very small piece of demand. So we think these these big end markets, they're all bottoming and they're all starting to move higher. Uh, and we think that creates some opportunities in the, in semiconductor companies with you know significant exposure into these markets. So, Kevin, how do you see the landscape playing out in 2024? So you hit on some of the demand trends you've been picking up on lately. You mentioned how global revenue growth for semiconductors, it's a highly cyclical business. How do you see this story evolving as we make our way into next year? Yeah, so the first thing, you know, it, it's it, it you kind of have to, to answer that question, you kind of have to think about why do we have a semiconductor cycle? So, you have it takes anywhere from two to three months to make a semiconductor, so you have to plan ahead for that. You don't just sell if you're a semiconductor manufacturer, you don't just sell to you know a PC company. Mm-hmm. You sell to a bunch of distributors that sit between you and the ultimate customer. And let's not forget, retailers will build up inventory of PCs, TVs, anything like that. So uh, when demand slows down, not only do you get slower demand, which is a headwind to, to revenues mm-hmm. for the industry, but that whole inventory channel contracts. So when you come out of a downturn, we're going to get the opposite. We're going to get improving demand and we're going to get um, the everybody, every participant in that, that inventory chain wanting to hold more inventory. So rebuilding the inventory channel. So if we think that you know the end market should grow, let's say – mid-single to high-single digit, you can probably put another few hundred basis points of revenue on top of that from this inventory restocking dynamic. That would probably that would put um, revenues for 2024 for the companies that we're really putting in this basket that should benefit above consensus. These companies generally um, manufacture the products they sell. Not, not all of them, but they generally do. And when you're a manufacturer and you have increasing revenues, you tend to get even better margins. Um, you get hot, what's called high incremental margins. And that's going to drive earnings per share growth that we think is actually going to be well above revenues. So the picture for, for 2024 is improving end market demand, channel inventory rebuild, accelerating revenues, even better margins, even better earnings per share. So just to be transparent on the other side of this, what are, would you say, are the risk considerations investors should be mindful of? Yeah, we have to, you know, we have to watch the economy. You can't divorce economy from, from demand. Um, so if, if the base, if, if we're really calling for a material recession, that could short circuit everything that we're looking for here. And let's also keep in mind, this is a tactical trade. Um, you know, I think semis, we can think of them as we want to be renters, not owners to a certain extent. Um, meaning they tend to be, you know, they tend to be cyclical, like we talked about. Um, it's a little bit different than some other parts of technology, which I refer to as compounders. That's generally software businesses with high recurring revenues. If you're a semiconductor business, you're going out there every day. The first day of the quarter, you have no points on the board. You have no revenue. You have to go out there and you have to actually um, generate revenue. So if we, if we see a significant economic slowdown, that would be a risk. Um, but we think even if we get a slowdown, call it the middle of the year, we think there's still an opportunity in, the, in this basket of stocks that we've identified 
you know, with some sort of a tactical time horizon. Geopolitical landscape with respect to risk enter in and consideration of where chips are manufactured around the world? Yeah, it's that's a great question. I, I would say semiconductors and the importance of semiconductors and the need to rebalance the semiconductor value chain. I won't even say supply chain. I'll say value chain. I think it's the one bipartisan bicameral issue that has support um, in the U.S. Um, I think these companies probably have uh, a lower risk profile relative to geopolitics. And I would actually say some of the companies that we're really focused on here tend to be companies that will be beneficiaries of the U.S. CHIPS Act, which is $52 billion or so in subsidies that will be parceled out hopefully over the next year, um, and also beneficiaries of the European version of the CHIPS Act. So I, I would say that um, there, there's you can never say there's no risk. We think there's less risk in, in some of the markets, some of the companies that we're identifying because of the markets they serve. And uh, some of these companies will actually be beneficiaries of the flip side of, ge of geopolitical risk, which is government funding to rebalance the value chain. Well, Kevin, thank you for the clarity on the risk considerations and for dropping by top of the morning to walk our listeners, our clients through the investment case for the theme. We'll certainly keep in touch and see how this plays out in the year ahead, though. Thank you again for your insights today, Kevin. Thanks, Dan. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.